All right. Welcome, everybody. I am super stoked to have the one and only Justin Colby on today. Uh, just ran into you this last weekend, met you face to face for the first time, been following you for years and years. And I just knew as soon as we locked eyes, we were going to have some, some magic feelings, uh, stirring up in our bodies and, uh, <laughs> just knew we could have a good time together, man. So, uh, welcome, welcome to uh, the interview, man. Hey guys, welcome to the Dean Rogers Show, where we talk about real deals that we're doing and bring on awesome guests to talk about how they're finding success in their business to inspire and motivate you. Don't forget to like and subscribe. All right, see you on the show. Yeah, man, appreciate you having me, sharing some time. Uh, love to give back, dude. So. Great meeting you. Uh, what was that last week? Not about one week ago. And yeah, yeah. Uh, man, for you to have me on, I'm I'm grateful and honored and excited to rock the house with you, bro. Well, the honor is all here, man. Appreciate you coming on. Um, so, dude, let's uh, let's dive into some some juicy backstory here, just to to bring people up to speed with who you are, what you're all about. Um, you know, I've heard your your origin story, and it's probably not different from a lot of people um, to where you kind of saw what real estate could do for you. Um, you got started in it. You were making some great money, but you got caught right at that same time that a lot of other people did where shit just get, got wild. So yeah, uh, let's dive into that, man. Yeah. So I, um, I graduated UCLA in 2003. Uh, big irony here. I've never been employed. I've never used my diploma. So there's that for you. Um, went it probably directly- goes for a lot of people, but never been employed. That's probably... Not too common. I think most people, they get started, they grind it out, and then they see like, mm, this isn't going to get me where I want to go. That's and right. start looking elsewhere. So that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So that was my story. Went directly into sales, went door to door for businesses like credit card processing, UPS were, is what I was selling. So I immediately got into sales. That landed me into a friend and I talked about state, starting a real estate brokerage back in 2005. So that started, um, and back in 2005, everyone knows was an unbelievable time to be in real estate. Everyone was making a ton of money, including myself as a realtor. Uh, so as a licensed realtor in Northern California, uh, I was selling my friend's dad. His his dad was a builder, so we were essentially selling his new builds. Well, Ooh, when you do nice. that in the fire, the market's on fire. You essentially become an order taker. Like I didn't create any talent or skill around being a realtor. I had no book of business. I literally sat in these new homes and took offers like all day long. Yeah. And so, which was great because it led to making a lot of money, which was not great is I developed no skill, right? So when the market did crash and oh boy, it crashed, I had a $500,000 condo. I had a $100,000 car. Every month I would probably have a $40,000 uh, you know, line of credit on credit cards or so revolving because I was making so much money. I never really cared or thought about it. I was 25 years old, so I didn't really respect money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when it crashed, I crashed with it. And it was because I didn't actually develop any skills. I didn't actually harness anything that allowed me to make it through that storm. And so I lost my home to foreclosure. I went to go sleep on my friend's couch. And what made it even worse is the repo man took my car. So I didn't even have a car to get around with, 
good thing at the time my friend lived in San Francisco. So sleeping on his couch, I could just walk to Starbucks. (laughs) Um, And at the time, Starbucks had this deal that if you bought a coffee and drank it in the Starbucks, they would give you free refills. So your boy would sit in Starbucks all all day long (laughs) and get hopped up on caffeine and he would cold call realtors, right? Because at that point in 2007, I didn't know where to find deals. I knew nothing about direct mail or pay-per-click advertising or cold calling. I just was like, who has deals? Oh, realtors. So I'm going to cold call 100 realtors a day, every single day and say, hey, I'm an investor. I'd like to buy your listing. And that's how it went right? For nine months, it took me nine months to get my first deal. I was broke, busted, and disgusted, not just financially, but mentally and emotionally, um, you know, totally crippled my ego, uh, which is good, right? I think all, all men need a little bit of that from time <laughs> yeah, to time. Yeah. You got to get the shit kicked out of you. Just, just That's it. bring you back down. Um, dude, you were just, you were force feeding yourself humble pie at that point. That's it. And so, you know, I don't know where I got it, but I've always known I was going to be able to make it. It was just a belief system, right? What do you think that um, is? That's why that's, I'm so... That's interesting because I think like I, I was the same way. And I, I don't know if it was for me, sports that just always gave me that confidence because that's where, you know, I excelled. So I had other people telling me I was good. You know, I saw the rewards of, of me working hard and, and what that played out. What do you think it was for you that like you just knew you were going to make it? Uh, faith belief. I, in, in, I, ironically, I'm not even a religious person per se. Um, I just knew it. I just like had this innate knowing of just like, Oh, I'm going to make it mm-hmm. right. It will work out. This is a big shit sandwich I'm eating, but it'll work out. And is it was because I was unwilling to accept anything else. Right. You get what you accept. Right. Totally. And I was unwilling to accept that as reality. Um, and so many people in this world accept that. They're okay with being broke, bust, and disgusted. I was not, um, and I'm still not, right? And so, you know, even at the financial place I'm at today, I'm like, bro, I have so far to go. We're (laughs) near where I need to be. I think that goes Um, for almost everybody. I mean, there's probably some people that finally, you know, have uh, some psychologists that flip the switch and are like, dude, you've made it. Like, can you chill out? But I think that's part of what drives us. Um, and what also fulfills us to some extent. And, and there's that crazy wild balance that you gotta, you gotta figure out. But, um, I think that's, that's in all of us that just helps push us and drive us to those next levels. There's no doubt. And so then comes the moment. Um, and I had a business partner for over a decade, uh, and we're no longer partners and, and there's no bad blood there. You still, you know, uh, a great, great friend. I mean, it's just, we just went different ways is all it came down to. But, um, you know, so him and I would all the time talk, right. Cause he was also going through his own financial meltdown as so many people were and somewhere, somehow we got invited to a big real estate, uh, seminar. And this is our first experience at a seminar. And now, obviously, as you just saw, Dean and I met each other at a really big seminar themselves, but I was a product of that. So my story goes that I sat in a seat at one of these seminars and was sold coaching and I was broke and I made a call to my friend to borrow $25,000 to invest in coaching. And that's where I'm so different (laughs) from so many people in the sense of, I knew I was going to make it. I believed it with every granular cell of my body and I wasn't willing to accept being broke. So what did I have to lose to make a call to borrow money? I had nothing to lose. 
my yeah. friend believed in me, obviously that was a huge risk on his part. Um, <laughs> but it panned out for him, right. It panned out for him, it panned out for me. And that's how much I believe in coaching is I, to this day, last year, 2021, I spent $115,000 on coaching. Dang. The year before that I spent 85,000. I say that not to toot my horn or, or, or sound amazing. Uh, it's just, I know I can do more and I know others who have done it. So why am I not just following their lead? Why am I trying to recreate something? Right. And so, uh, borrowed the money, invested in coaching, uh, got me from two deals my first year to six deals, to 20 deals, to 46 deals, to 96 deals, to developing so on, so on. Now I've almost done 2000 deals. I'm hoping uh, to break that before this month is over. Uh, we need to contract another 14 properties uh, so I can break that. But once I do, um, I'll have broken the 2000 deal mark. I bought 14 rentals last year alone. This year, I'd like to buy, I'd still like to buy one rental a month, but I also want to buy four short-term rentals. I'm actively wholesaling, you know, 10 to 20 deals a month, every single month across the nation. So business is good. Business is a lot different times change, you know, but again, I bring it back to like being around people who've been in front of me have done it before. Uh, it's just paramount to success. Yeah. It's winning. Winning is contagious, you know, um, not only for yourself, but your fear around other winners, like you're either, you're either going to level up or you're going to like, you're going to you're gonna <laughs> quickly be gone. walk out of the room, you know, because you're going to feel like you don't, you don't belong there. And, uh, that, that is something I've known, but I've put more emphasis on doing it myself. And, you know, so this year, like I want to join a mastermind. I want to go to more events and just surround myself with these other people that I've been watching for years and getting inspiration and motivation. I want to now be in the room with those people because I know it's going to force me to level up a hundred percent. And I've been to three masterminds, three weekends in a row now. And each one I've walked away, just having learned just some little nuggets and some big nuggets yeah. that are making huge impacts already. So it's pretty wild. 100%. So, uh, you went, you took nine months to do your first deal. Mm-hmm. It was also a unique time. So it was kind of difficult in that sense too, but I like to highlight and just understand what it took for someone to do their first deal because some people will get super discouraged, right? Um, and think that it just has to happen overnight or they know a buddy that did their first deal in a week and they're like, you know, what, what's wrong with me? So what was it for you that you think not only took you nine months, but also what kept you going? Yeah, so um, when you're at rock bottom, you kind of say, what do you have to lose? And that's what keeps you going. You're just like, man, I mean, what do I really have to lose here? Um, the, the, the key really became um, having more passion, belief, fortitude, and desire than fear of failure. And too many people are driven by fear of failure these days. What are people going to think? What are people going to say? People are going to make fun of me on social media, whatever, right? Like, who cares? Just so we're clear, they don't care about you. And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying like, they have their own shit that they're dealing with, that they have to deal with, that they have to get through. So 
they may make a snide comment, but that will be over in a second and they will forget about your failure and they will keep living their lives and dealing with their failures. So it's irrelevant. And I just kind of said, you know, my desire of more is more, more than my fear of failure. And that that's easy to do when you're at the bottom. Cause it's really, I hate it. I hit the big failure, right? Where all my friends knew I went to foreclosure on my property. All my friends knew I had no car. Right. Yeah. And by the way, guess what happened in those moments? nothing. They were still my friends. Every so often, yeah, someone have a couple beers and make fun of me a little bit, but they still loved me. They still supported me. So nothing really happens when you think about what the worst thing is. So why not go for it? And the last part was I always had foresight, meaning I always had this ability to understand this is the long game. I think I was, what, what did I say? I was 25 or maybe 26 yeah, years old. Twenty-five. Yeah. You're a kid at that point, right? Like, Big time. Literally, what did I have to lose? Nothing, right? Now, obviously, it is different if I if you're sitting there with a the family and listening to this or watching this, but like, still, at the end of the day, like, if you don't go for it, then you're never going to get what you're trying to attain. And I just have always believed it. I mean, I still take pretty big swings at the bat, right? I mean, Dean, I don't know if you heard when I was on stage at Scale and Scape, like, dude, I did a $9 million fumble with a development play. Like, that's a grand slam type of swing. Right. And it did not work out. Right. Um, Now I learned a lot there. Right. (laughs) Um, So my swings aren't quite that aggressive, but there's just, you know, if you, if you want to build something that you deserve, by the way, and that's another belief, like you deserve all the people. I don't care if you like the guy, Grant Cardone. I don't care if you like Gary, like they deserve the success they're having end of story because they go and work for it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's the same thing for me. Like, Things aren't always puppy dogs and rainbows. And the bigger you get and the bigger your business gets and, you know, different challenges, Biggie says it, more money, more problems. Like that is really true, but I have so much further to go. And so part of that is just having fortitude, wanting more, knowing you deserve more. I never went without as a kid. You know, I wasn't, there's no woe is me stories about poverty, but, you know, my family didn't have much. I just never went without, right? Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to change that. Um, and so I just put my head down and I would tell you, I don't think I would be where I'm at if it wasn't for coaches and masterminds and people that were able to say, Hey dude, you know, you need to think, think bigger. I just recently had a conversation with one of my best friends, Greg, and he's like, you're thinking like a rich person, Justin, you're not thinking like a wealthy person. Mm. And I just went, Oh, that hurt. Okay. you know, and it's like that type of thinking. Right. And that just comes from the ability to be around the people that have made more, done more, had more success than you. And I forced my way into those rooms. Right. It's hard to do it alone, man. Yeah. It's hard to stay motivated alone. Right. There's only so much Tony Robbins and Gary Vee you can watch before you're like, okay, I get it. Right. But if you're sitting next to someone who's done it and sitting next to someone and watching someone do it and, you know, being guided and, and that's just, that's different. It's totally different. So one thing I heard the other day that was really powerful and I think great for a lot of people listening, they might be in a place where they're, they're fear, fearful, right? They're fearful of making that, that big step or that big decision or betting on themselves. And one of the things that I heard the other day was the other person that's more successful or more ahead of you, it's not that they're less fearful. It's just that they had more courage to overcome what that was. That's right. For me, that, that really, you know, stood out to me as a a powerful message because 
all of us are scared. You know, the, the outsider looking in are going to look at someone like you or look at someone like me and be like, damn, they got it all. Uh, right. They're super successful, this or that. But dude, every, every day, I know, at least for me, I'm, I'm still feeling like I'm not enough or like I, I haven't made it or um, I need to overcome, you know, this other thing and I'm getting in my own way. And slowly but surely, the more I'm having conversations with other people, I'm not any different. I'm like everyone else too. Um, But again, again, accomplishing and getting to those next levels and leveling up are sometimes just a matter of getting in the right room with the right people, or just like I said, having the courage to make that phone call that you're concerned about, or to go after that thing, you know, you should do but you're, you're fearful for one reason or the other. And, uh, I think that's a powerful message right there. Yeah. I think that that is my message, right. To move in spite of fear. And that's, that's what gets you there. And then, you know, be patient, man. This is, this is just in 15 years into a real estate business, technically 14, but just about to hit 15. Like, you know, if you're one, two, three years into this, like you can't compare yourself to me. Right. It takes a um, long and I'm not saying time. that in an egotistical way. I'm just saying I'm literally 14 years ahead of you. So yeah. take a breath. It's about incremental progress, right? Incremental. Sometimes you don't even see it because it's so that unnoticeable, but it's progress nonetheless. Yeah. So as long as you're, so I talking with Ryan Pineda last, last week, and he was saying like, someone asked him the question, um, you know, what motivates you? And it wasn't like, Oh, I want this big house or, I want uh, to buy this car or I want to, you know, go buy an island or something like that. It was just each day I want to get better and I'm competing against myself. So him and I kind of resonated with the sports background of, hey, you know, as an athlete and especially getting to the pro level, you're constantly competing with yourself to get, you know, push through every single day. There is no sick day. Like you don't just wake up and be like, hey, coach, I got a cold you know, mm-hmm. or, Hey coach, I got a boo-boo on my leg. Unless it's broken, like right. you're, you're playing like get, right. <laughs> buckle totally. up and, and get in there. So, um, it's that competitive and, and pushing yourself to continue to get better. Um, that'll help you push through. And I think, like you said, be patient because I was, I was really impatient. Like I had certain goals when I first got started of like, Oh, I remember telling my wife, I was 20, probably 25 at the time. I remember telling her once I started getting the wheels turning, I was like, you can stop working now. Yeah. <laughs> I that's... told her you can stop working now. Like I'm going to be making X amount of dollars a month now. So like just stop working. Um, and I, again, was having success, success, but it wasn't that fast. It wasn't as sure. fast as I thought it was going to be. So um, be patient. Like you said, and you're gonna you're gonna be making more momentum than you think you are. And when you look back, you're gonna realize, whoa, I actually did do a lot. Maybe not as fast as I thought, but I think uh, expecting too much too early can kind of get you caught in a trap there. For sure, one hundred percent. And that's the microwave society. Oh. Everyone's caught up in that, and it's because a lot of what you see on social media is, you know you can make all this money now and you can do deals now and you can, and I get that and people can, you can. Um, but understand that like, there's always outliers and that's what gets highlighted in the space of like education is the totally. outliers that 
overperform everyone else that for realistic expectations will hurt people because they aren't realistic expectations. Um, and that's what makes people quit is because they don't get what they want right now because they saw that someone did it right now. Be in the game long enough to win the game. I say it all the time. Stay in the game long enough to win the game. And if you don't want to, then don't get in the game. I think you heard me say that at Scale and Escape, right? Like if you're not ready to eat shit sandwiches, if you're not ready to make big decisions, if you can't handle taking risk, don't be an entrepreneur. End of story. Yeah. There's something wrong with us entrepreneurs. There's something a little, we're not all wired correctly. I want to write that down. Because yeah, there's... um there's something wrong with us, right? Like it takes a lot to do what, what we deal with. We don't get to just go to work and then come home and flop down on the couch and chill the rest of the night. Like it's always going, it's always on, like you're on. So mm-hmm. anyways, that's what I would say is if you're not ready to take the risk, if you can't handle the pressure, if you don't know if you're willing to risk it all, then I would tell you, don't stay out of the game. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 100%. So from what I could tell, you had some pivotal pivotal moments um, after you got some traction, you started doing your deals. Um, you met some certain people that mm-hmm. were people doing some big things in the industry. So I know you met Kent, Kent Clothier early on. You met yep. Sean Terry. Both of those people, since I got started, were big names and you know, obviously people that were influential to you. So talk, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. Uh, I met Kent at that same coaching, uh, seminar that had like a thousand people in the crowd. My buddy, Jason said, you got to meet my other buddy, Kent. So I met Kent there. Long story short, I joined a mastermind shortly thereafter and basically hounded Kent. Cause he was also in the same mastermind. That same mastermind had Sean Terry and Cody Sperber in it at the very same time. So it was me, Sean Terry, Cody Sperber and Kent Clothier Sick. all in the same mastermind. And this is back in 2009, I want to say, 2010, maybe. And, you know, part of my superhuman power is just people, my ability to just connect with people. Kent was a different bird. He's odd. You have to like (laughs) chase that guy down, put him in a headlock, trip him and force him to like talk to you. Uh, But everyone else is more, you know, amicable to starting the relationship, Cody and Sean. And uh, Kent like literally said no to me 20 times to say, can I take you to coffee? Can I take you to dinner? Can I take you to lunch? Can I... Can we do anything? Just let's talk. Because I knew I wanted to be in his world, right? Um, And long story short, we have been in each other's world now for the better part of a decade, right? And uh, one of my best friends and at my wedding and at my bachelor party and Uh speaking on his stages and he's speaking in my event. And, you know, it's awesome to build those friendships. Sean's the same thing. And we've started masterminds together. And Cody was at his 40th birthday in Vegas. And you know, known Shannon for a long time. So it's just those, those relationships really can propel you to the next level. So what do you think it was about those relationships? Cause obviously, you know, those listening, I'm sure everybody knows all those names. Sean Terry is what got me started in real estate. So went from the NFL to working in the corporate world, worked my ass off for a year, realized, uh, this isn't going to get me to that same type of NFL lifestyle <laughs> that I saw and, and dreamed of as a kid. So how to get started in real estate is what I Googled, found Sean Terry's free podcast. Three months later, closed my first deal, actually co-wholesaling it with him, which is a cool story. Yeah. Um, but just he he was so influential to me and still is to this day. What do you think it was being around those guys? Was it because they were just giving you crazy 
nuggets of information of how to do things? Do you think just being in their presence, like kind of just immediately elevated you? What, what do you think it was specifically? I think there were different aspects of all of them, right? So those three guys specifically. So Kent is kind of like big brother, right? Like he's 50, he's 50, um, has just been through more in life, has built a $1.8 billion business. That's just a mm-hmm. totally different level of success rather than, you know, $10 million. Um, that's quite literally a hundred X that, right? Like it's just unfathomable. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of perspective that comes with Kent, right? A lot of success, a lot of failure, a lot of success again. Uh, Sean kind of had the, the wholesaling real estate business model that I was a big fix and flipper to start. So Sean really impressed upon me like, bro, like you're just, you're beating your head against the wall. Here's a reason. And Sean really gave me the, the wholesaling blueprint to really scale that business out. And so, um, he also has some level of big brother. I think he's 48. Sorry, boys, I'm giving up some secrets here, but (laughs) you know, they, they have some, you know, seasons in the game that I didn't have. I think Sean's been in the real estate game for 19 years. I've been in 14, five years is a good amount of experience that he was able to accumulate when I didn't have it. Right. Um, Sperber and I, although he's been in real estate for 19 years, I'm in 14, um, you know, Sperber and I kind of are a little bit more on the, we share more. It's almost like we have some level of similarity within the business models, but like even what he's going to talk about at my wealth accelerator event, um, is going to be this really cool model that he has right now that, uh, he was just on my podcast and we were talking about scale and escape, like, Dude, Airbnbs is where I want to go this year. I want to buy four. But he's like, let me tell you my model. And he broke down his model about his Airbnb model. I was like, damn. So me and Sperber have a lot more almost like, I think we're both 40. I think he's 41. Um, I'm 40. And he's just, we're a little bit more eye to eye in that sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, man, I think they all have their values. I think this is the same reason why I continue. I spent uh, $30,000 in 2020 on a coaching group that quite literally last week, I just inked the coach of the group, right? Uh, I just inked a partnership deal with him um, on a rental portfolio deal, as well as a uh, residential like commercial deal. And it was because I was in that group that I was able to ink that partnership deal. Uh, That doesn't happen if I'm not in that group. It doesn't happen if I don't, you know, learn from him, create a relationship with him, build trust with him. And then him come to me, by the way, and say, Hey, Jay, I just trust what you do and how you do it. And I need some help over here. Why don't we create a partnership? And he came to me. This was not me pitching him on something. So all those opportunities happen when you surround yourself by the good people. hundred percent. Again, I've, I've known this, but just recently like put it to practice and immediately can see benefits. Um, The first mastermind I went to three weeks ago, just by being in that room, connected me with Kent. Yeah. So went to the event the next, the next week. Yep. Now, granted, Kent and I live like four blocks away. I was just we, say. We, share, we share the same cross street and we've been trying to connect. But like you said, he's kind of a, an elusive like white leopard or snow leopard. Yeah. Um, so we've been we've been uh, flirting with each other, trying to connect. But um, but that instantly connected us with that person who did. And there I was at the event, you know, now now uh, hugging up on you and stuff like that. And um, but the very first mastermind I went to just saved a million dollars in tax write-offs 
immediately from going to that event, left it, called my partner, made one more phone call. Boom. Got on with uh, this cost segregation company, use a certain program that they had that was like instant results. Million dollars they're going to write off this year. And thank you for that. You know? Yeah. So just worth the price of mission. Exactly. So just from those kind of conversations, like those kind of environments just open up doors. And I was talking about this with my partner. I said, dude, we, we got to get involved in more masterminds because just by being in the room with other people that are doing similar or things that you aspire to do, just because you're in that room, you immediately are one, you're, you're one of them. That's right. Right. It's a, it, for whatever it is, it's kind of like if you're at the club, like if you're in the VIP booth with them, you're in the VIP yep. booth. Like, hello, we're all, we're equals now. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. So that price of admissions just can pay for itself tenfold and just open up doors to where you want to get. So it's a, uh, it's a crazy thing. Yeah. 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 Love it. So you've gotten into doing a bunch of flips. You've done a bunch of wholesales. You got rentals. Uh, tell me more about the science of flipping. So that's, that's where I had already known of you and seen you doing stuff, seen you active with some of the same people we've been talking about, but then you really came onto the scene and really took off from, from an online presence and helping impact other people and seeing success in their lives with the signs of flipping. So tell me, tell me how that all came together, man. Yeah. Uh, 2014, me and Sean Terry were having a discussion. He was like, dude, you need to start a podcast. And I'm like, all right, so I'll do that. And so I started the Science Flipping Podcast on iTunes because Sean told me I had to. So I said, sure, sounds great. Um, and a lot of it is because a lot of people would come to me for advice, like in a coaching. I didn't have a coaching platform at the time. And and I would talk to him like, bro, like I keep getting people who want my time for advice. And he was like, well, the easiest way to affect a lot of people at a fast pace is to go wide with a podcast. I'm like, yeah. I like that idea. So I started the science of flipping, you know, years later, obviously here I am with the full blown coaching program. Yes. I still am the coach. I personally coach you or the people that are a part of my coaching program. Um, there's levels to it, right. Newbie into like more of an experienced elite level. Um, there is a, uh, two day kind of mastermind component to my coaching as well as multiple calls a week with my coaching. And that is the most fulfilling part of my businesses and I have multiple, but but I thought I was going to be a teacher when I grew up. And oh, really? when I found out how much teachers make, I was like, wow, <laughs> that's not going to work. Then I thought, well, why don't I be a psychologist or a psychiatrist? Cause they make more money. And then I found out how much school they had to go to. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's also not going to work. So I went into business, obviously, as you just heard my story and I fell into real estate, but along the way, I was always an athlete. I would always coach teams. I would umpire games. I would be in this place of like giving back and helping others. So when this podcast thing kind of took off, the fulfillment came from advising others on my successes and my losses. And it really just turned out to be a beautiful business model for me for fulfillment, because yes, it's a business and there's an investment in coaching. Um, And if you think of it another way, then coaching is not right for you because it is not a cost. It is an investment in yourself to become better. Um, But you know, that really fulfills me so I can continue to give to everyone else around me from my family to my other businesses, et cetera. Um, and it's a, it's a great model. I have my wealth accelerator event, which, uh, I'm hoping you're going to be at you and your business partner in Scottsdale on March 11th and 12th. 
if you're listening to this, it's 2022, March 11th and 12th in Scottsdale, Arizona. If you go to a little plug here, brother, but uh, Do if you it, go to yeah. wealthaccelerator.event, wealthaccelerator.event.com, all the names we just talked about, Kent will be speaking, Sperber will be speaking, Jamil Damji will be speaking, Pace Morby will be speaking, Brett Tanner will be speaking, Greg Herlene will be speaking, Nick Perry will be speaking, I will be speaking. It is about figuring out to take a transactional business like wholesaling and flipping, making a lot of money doing it, but also creating the opportunity to build wealth by doing it. That is what this two day is all about. So there's going to be roughly just 50 seats. It's not a big event, 50 seats. Um, it's kind of a no brainer. I priced it almost free. It's $97 um, in Scott. So I priced it almost free. And it's because I really, really, really want to be able to give back and have a good group of people in that room. There's also a virtual component for $47. If you just want to yeah. watch it online, you can do that. I would tell you what Dean and I just talked about, about being in the same room with these people. Uh, that is what changes your game. Be yeah. around myself, be around Kent, Sperber, uh, Jamil, Pace. It will just rub off on you to get to the next level. So I'd encourage you guys to go to wealthacceleratorevent.com. Dude, that's a star-studded cast. Um, insane. Like, mm -hmm. again, that just speaks so highly about you that you were able to get those people in the room and willing to come speak. Um, I'm, I'm going to do everything in my power. Unless God himself stops me, I'm going to do everything in my power to get there because the, the quality of people that are going to be there, the information that's going to be shared, and the little side conversations that are not only going to motivate you and, and trigger the right things in, in your mindset, yeah. but the little side conversations of try this, do that, could be so pivotal in putting you on the right trajectory that like you, you can't miss it. And for $97, um, that's insane. Yeah. I'm just making it like an irresistible, like you got to be there, right? Just get yeah. there. There's 50 seats. Uh, I think 24 have been sold. Get there. Yeah. I almost have to go just because I told Nick Perry, I was going to kidnap him to do my <laughs> PPC for me. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he told me, um, uh, he, he had a good laugh out of that. So I'm going to show up with some sort of prop or something like that and like have a lasso and wrap, wrap them up or something as you should brother, as you should. <laughs> um, that's insane, dude. So that's, that's awesome. All right. So you've been surrounding yourself with the right people, man. That's been huge in your business. I just, I can't help but reemphasize this. So just, uh, just to bring this, this thought process full circle, I was talking about this with a buddy, uh, Greg Helbeck on our podcast, uh, we did the other day. And it was, dude, if you're new, let's just cut right to it. If you're new, you are wasting probably years if you're not bringing your deals to an experienced, savvy investor that's a good person. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean, you know, one of the things we do in our business is we call it the Friends with Benefits program. If you're, if you're another investor, wholesaler, realtor, investor, Come to us with our deals. We'll literally take over everything. We'll show you what we're doing. We'll teach you through the process, but we'll make sure that we're going to get it under contract at the best price. We're going to sell it to a buyer at the top, top dollar price, and we'll handle the whole escrow process. For someone just getting started, that's probably going to fumble and screw up deals and undersell the deal or get the contract too high. Like, Don't waste your time trying to figure it out. Accelerate your learning path by being around people who are doing it and doing it at an excellent level. 
So to get in the room for $97 with people like that is, is mind blowing. So, um, yeah, so it's a no brainer. Um, so you, you've, you've pretty much done that again. That's one of your superpowers is getting in the room with people like that. Accelerate for yourself. Um, let's talk about where you're at now, man. I, I see, I, you know, stock you on social media and I'm like, dude, this guy's got, uh, he's got an awesome thing going. You, uh, you waited it out and now you're married, dude. You got a freaking beautiful family. Thank you, brother. Um, you've now moved to Florida, yeah. right? From Phoenix. So tell me about that whole part of your life, man. Cause that's, those are some huge moves. That was chaos, bro. That was chaos. <laughs> I'm, um, I don't stress out about anything. I don't ever really get angry. Um, my wife is Cuban American from Miami, born and raised. And so we had our little baby and she was like, Scottsdale's great and it's beautiful and it's fun. And, but like, I could use some family around me to help with the baby. And I said, absolutely. Right. You're not going to hear anything out of me. So make a decision, buy a home here in Miami, bought it sight unseen. Wow. Shocker. No one can find a home in Miami. And so I said, you know what? I know a thing or two about this. So I went and did for sale by owner on Zillow and found our house. Heck yeah, you did. And, um, you know, bought it, uh, sight unseen, literally went to escrow. Of course, as an entrepreneur, then you have to deal with all the loan nonsense about X, Y, and Z. Yep. Uh, made it through that whole process and, uh, you know, bought a million plus dollar home here in beautiful, just under Pinecrest. Um, and so it's awesome. The move was interesting. We bought a remodeled home that by the time we got here, we actually wanted to update a couple things. We wanted maybe a different countertop color. We wanted more of the- Was that you or the wife? <laughs> wife. Uh, you know. Sounds, sounds like my So name. we moved to a Calcutta. We wanted the waterfall, et cetera. Next thing you know, we were quite literally in a hotel for a month. Wow. With a, at the time, a eight-month-old baby Ooh, and fun. a Frenchie and a French bulldog. So it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, but, you know, we made it through as you always make it through. I mean, that's the only yeah. option you have. Um, and it was a great story. It's a fun story to be able to look back on. Right. Um, yes, I'm that guy that ended up staying at the Ritz for an entire month. So that was a nice little bill. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't want to say I wouldn't give it back for the world, but it really did create a very cool dynamic. Right. We really had a stick together. Everything of ours was in luggage. Um, you know, we had a pod that wasn't coming for an extra week. So just like one thing after another, the contractors messed up on one of the bigger projects. We were skim coating our walls, which is that very smooth, nice, modern look. We were mm -hmm. skim coating our walls. Something didn't go right. That took an extra week, right? Just all that, just over and over and over. It was all like, and made it through, right? Now we have this beautiful house and we just had our one-year-old's first birthday this Saturday and had... I don't know, 60 people at the house and Heck yeah. it was perfect. Right. So it always works out one way or another, but that was probably one of the most hectic times of my life. That is for sure. Just to be, you know, with the baby, a dog, a wife oh, yeah. in a hotel for a month. Uh, it was pretty intense. Trying to run your business. Yeah. Right. Stick into <laughs> the business, you know, running multiple businesses, my coaching business, my real estate business, uh, you know, so a lot of, a lot of fun, a lot of excitement adventure, in that one. for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so moving to Florida was to be closer to the wife's family. Yep. Yep. And I love it here. I mean, I literally would probably only live in Miami or Scottsdale. Um, and so 
you know, it's just great here. I mean, so far it hasn't been summer. So talk to me in the middle of August and I'll let you know how much I love Miami. Yeah. Um, but the weather has been unbelievable. Everyone's so nice in our neighborhood. Again, we live in a really nice, nice part of town and, you know, a bunch of kids, bunch of family, bunch of like just really nice people, right? Everyone's out walking their dogs, waving, everyone's driving little golf carts around the community. Heck it's yeah. that kind of thing. Right. And so That's it's just cool. awesome. Um, so I love it here. Um, and we'll see, I mean, we'll see what happens. That's super cool, man. So mm. how did that, how did that play out for your business? So you, what, what's interesting and, and something that I'm sure was influenced by other people is your business is already virtual and across different States. So how, how are you set up? How is that working out for you? So we have our office in um, Phoenix. Uh, I just signed a lease here in Miami. We just opened an office in Nashville. So, um, and so now we have three office locations. We may or may not keep the one in Phoenix, ironically, which is kind of my hub. Um, we don't know. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, I mean, my manager, Anthony, uh, basically just kind of jumped right in the leadership and just took over, um, handles, essentially runs the entire company. I have another uh, manager. Her name is Casey. She runs all of our dispositions on the wholesale side and um, transactional coordinating. And so they really just jumped into leadership and just took over and allowed me to kind of just be out of pocket. Um, I would say it took a hit in the general sense of like when the leader's gone, it's not quite as efficient. But it's not like it failed. It just went from, you know, high, high performing to like performing. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, but getting settled in now that the home's all done and back at it. And I think I just posted Monday. I think we signed 10 contracts so far this month. And, uh, you know, we Heck have yeah. an expectation to do another 15 for the month. And, uh, you know, like I said, I want to keep buying rentals and short-term rentals. So yeah, I took, you know, when the leader's away, your business never performs quite as good but the coaching business continue to run. Um, you know, this month alone, we've already added, I don't know, 15 new students to our coaching program. And again, I'm the actual coach that coach you. So it's fun. It's a lot of fun. That's cool, man. Yeah. It's super awesome. I think, uh, you know, as you grow and scale, just finding the right people is what's, what's going to allow you to create the lifestyle that you want or not. I know for me, I've had a couple friends, that have pushed me over the edge to be like, all right, dude, you shouldn't be doing that anymore. You got to have someone else doing that. You even have employees. You need to elevate them, promote them, incentivize them the right way. And uh, I've done that lately. And it's, it's been amazing, dude. It's allowed yeah. me to free up time to do stuff like this, meet, meet cool people like yourself. And, yep. um, and that's really what, you know, people like myself and, and you need to be doing. Right. Oh yeah, brother. Um, Absolutely. It's make cool. impact and make money. Right. So impact and income is what I always say. Impact first, the income will come. hundred um, percent. All right. So one of the things I got to talk about and get, get you to talk more about is uh, the dad bro stuff on social dad media. Bro. Dude, that's so good. It's so good. I love it. That's just fun for me. I'm in. glad you like it. Right. I mean, yeah. I'm toning down a little of the dramatics because I also don't want to come off too cheesy over time because that only probably lasts for so long. <laughs> but dad, bro, um, you know, and so I like the uh, outfit changes. Those, that's what's key. Yeah, always the outfit change. Hat, no hat, hoodie, no hoodie. Um, you know, for me, depending upon the social media um, vertical, I just got tired of kind of the talking head where it's just like, hey, guys, if you want the... Uh, 
So, you know, kind of looking around and seeing what people are doing. And I kind of saw some people doing like, I can't even think of his name, but there's an older guy that gives like um, financial advice, mm-hmm. right? Like stock market advice. And he's older. Like, I mean, he's somewhere in his sixties, I would guess. Right. Um, and he does this uh, usually young kid grandpa kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's great. I love that. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I just kind of did the, the dad bro only because, you know, listen, I'm 40 and I'm technically a dad, but I can still be a bro. Right. So I definitely can play into that. And, uh, so I was like, that's just a perfect little something entertaining, something that makes it more fun for me, you know? And, and the one that really, the first one that really took off, I had a white claw in my hand. So I don't know if it took off cause the content was that good or if it was cause that many people like white claws. I don't know, yeah. but, uh, yeah, man. And it makes it fun to teach because it's, it's edutainment, right? So I'm educating, yeah. but also trying to give you some entertainment that you can laugh, right? The funny thing is there's so many people that give you so much hate about it. Oh, that was so cringy, bro. Oh, like, did dude. you just call me bro, but then said it was cringy? <laughs> Respect. Nice. Right? So you just... You're going to get haters, which means you're doing something right. And I think what's so good about it is the fact that it is entertaining but you're learning something and you're taking something that's probably complex and you're simplifying it to yeah. help grasp that concept and realize, holy crap, like this, this is actually gold. This is a gold nugget right yeah. here. And I'm so glad it was fun too. Yeah. And that's, so the one that I got the most hate on was the one I did about the uh, trust, creating a trust instead of giving your son or daughter a home while you're alive, put it into a trust that they can be the um, uh, I'm blanking, whatever they, they basically run the trust, the beneficiary. Everyone commented, whatever. well, the same thing happens once they pass and it goes through a will, you don't get the cost basis, you know, you get the cost basis increase. So you won't pay the taxes. And I'm like, yes, but I didn't say I died. The whole point of this was that while I'm living, I would put the home in a trust for my child rather than gifting it to them because if I gift it to them that they pay taxes on the amount that it is valued at. So anyways, I just got, everyone's an expert, right? And then you'd get the, you'd get the, um, you know, all the little letters after the name, this is, I'm the PhD of the, take it from me. I know this guy is totally false. And I'm like, I'm not, but I get it. Social media is where all the experts come out. They got all the, uh, you know, sitting behind the keyboard and, and commenting on. And- yeah. Like paper tigers. And I get yeah. it. It's uh so no, but it's a blast, man. So I tried to take concepts that can be a little brutal and get them to a place where people can understand it. Right. Like the one I did today for TikTok was, um, you know, a dad can't find any rental properties to buy on the MLS. So he's like, son, where are you finding all these properties that aren't on the MLS? Right. And then I kind of talk about, well, dad, fact that's what i do for a living it's called wholesaling right and just kind of yeah that kind of thing so dude i'm, I'm cool. glad you appreciate it it's it's more fun for me to put that type of content out yeah it's cool stuff i think it's gold so you got to keep it rolling um so let's uh let's talk about um what are some of your hobbies man so i it looks like you get around a lot to again connecting with some of these these high level people but in terms of just like the business stuff, which 
naturally because we're finding success and we're driven that way, we have fun doing that. For sure. But outside of that, are you doing anything that you feel, you know, fulfillment from that you feel is helping to balance you out just to kind of help people understand what are, what are some things they should be thinking about? Yeah, I'll tell you when I was totally out of my own rhythm, I realized I'm very much a, a guy of, um, uh, I'm blanking now, I need more coffee. Um, <laughs> man, what am I trying to say? Like I was very structured, right? Mm. And when I got out of that because of the move and living in a hotel and I wasn't working out, you could just tell how much energy I had throughout the day. Now that I can kind of get back at that, one of the things I really can appreciate is how much I value working out even if it's like 15 minutes, literally just to get your blood really moving and do like a fast oh, yeah. hit training for 15 minutes. You value that so much when you just kind of come to a screeching halt essentially. Um, but I'll be honest, like now uh, everything turns to your kid and I don't, you know, know if everyone would appreciate that. Maybe it's cause I'm 40, but it's like, I get out of this office and I go straight to her and I play with her until she goes down. And then I usually go back to work and it's cause my wife is super supportive. She gets the hustle that I'm on. I have another 10 year run and I'm out. That's my goal is I have a 10 year run and I'm out. Um, and so it's like, that's fulfilling to me. Right. And I'm still big with friends and family. And like every weekend we'll have one of my wife's friends and their husband or kids come over and we'll grill out some steaks and have some brews and that stuff. But man, that's, it's kind of the easy life now for me. But you can tell, you know, at Scale and Scape, like when I travel and on these events and you'll see at my event, like I'm on, like <laughs> the amount of energy that I have to exasperate in three days is like insanity. Yeah. So it's almost just like afterwards you just crumble and you're like, Ooh. yeah. Um, you're like, man, a, I love it. It's so fulfilling. Yeah. You're like a wet noodle after those. Cause dude, when you come with that amount of energy, you're exerting a ton of energy yeah. and, um, and that's appreciated, like, because at those kind of events, that's, that's what other people are feeding off of and getting value from. So, um, that's awesome that you do that. You know, you show yeah. up for it. For um, sure. so I, I'm kind of the same way, like all, all my kids and I'm, I'm appreciating this more as a recent too, cause I've always loved my kids. I'm always around my kids, but because I'm always around my kids, I haven't done as good of a job as like making those, like just laying on the couch and holding, you know, one of them or something like that as, as, uh, as important as it could be, you know what I mean? Sure. And so well, I've been doing that a lot more lately, just like pouring as much energy as I can into in those moments. Sometimes it's just perspective, right? Like I got started late, right. To your point, like I got married, um, 2020 right before COVID. Thank God. Um, <laughs> you know, had my baby, um, intentional. She's not a COVID baby. We're actually trying. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I'm 40. I just have a different perspective of it all. Right. Like I really try to be, I spent my thirties being exactly that, right. The guy with the Maserati living that life in Scottsdale, exactly what you can imagine. But I did that intentionally so that by the time I found my queen, I could be the King that she needed. Right. And so I just have a little different perspective than a lot of people. Cause it sounds like you guys had kids earlier. Oh, we and... were high school sweethearts, yeah. got started working, had kids, uh, actually not as early as I thought. So I grew up in central California where there was a statistic on one of the cities that's right next to the hometown that I came from. It was like the number one 
teen pregnancy Teenage, city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. And and my parents, they started Where are you from Fresno? Visalia. Okay. Yeah, which is close to Fresno. It is. Uh 40 minutes south. So you know the Central Valley pretty good? Yeah, I'm from San Francisco. Oh, snap. Okay. Yeah. So you know the whole area. Um so so Tulare was like the number one pregnancy teen, you know, area. So I thought I was going to have kids young and I actually wanted to have kids like early twenties. And yeah. that's what my parents had done. They were young parents, love that. And so, um, and still now at 34, like my parents are still youthful and, and love that. So I thought I was going to have, we started having kids at 27 and we've okay. got three now, um, yeah. which again, in today's day and age is actually still pretty darn early. Yeah, um, for sure. I have and, one at 40. Uh, yeah. So yeah. yeah, kids, kids are a game changer for sure. And, uh, and definitely shift your perspective on life a hundred percent. Um, so what are your, some of your daily habits, man? What are some of the things that make you perform at the level that you do? Um, so I take the morning for myself. I'm a morning guy. Um, I don't stay up late. I'm usually in bed by nine, nine thirty. but that morning time is where I can have my coffee, get my workout in, you know, do whatever type of, uh, catch up. I feel like I need to do from the day before focus on myself. If I feel like just meditating, I'll do that. Read, I'll do that. Right. So, um, you know, homework from coaching that maybe I'm getting at the time, I'll do that in the morning. I just try to get everything out of the way in the morning. So that way, again, to the point of my kid, when I'm done here, I can just go spend time and I don't have that anxious, like, Oh my God, I didn't get to, I crush that out in the morning. And so besides that, like my days are pretty full right? Um, I work, I work out, but the morning is it. I just, that, that routine of, and I don't even wake up like some people are like, Oh, I wake up at four in the morning every day. I'm like, well, okay. That's a bit much, that's a bit but much you know, five 30 and I can crush it. Right. And so that's my routine. I get to bed every, every, every night early. I think people undervalue high performers need a lot of sleep, right? Mm -hmm. People don't talk enough about that. Sleep can really change your health can oh, yeah. change your performance, your energy, how your body's shaped, even if you're working out or not, if you're not getting enough sleep, you're likely going to add weight, fat way faster. So, um, man, that is my, that's my jam mornings, really focusing on knocking it out in the morning. Yeah. I think learning what works for you is super important because if you're trying to force yourself to be a morning person with the morning, you know, the miracle morning and all totally. these books, like it might not work. And for me and my current you know, season of life with, with my kids, they wake up at five thirty six, and they're like, go, 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 go. So for me to try to get up and work during that time, doesn't really work out. Cause it's like totally. a couple hours of me full dad mode, getting them dressed, feeding them, getting them ready for school, all that kind of stuff. So that's my mornings are chock full. Like I, I don't have quiet and time to focus on myself where is if I did, you're right. I would totally use that time up for myself and take full advantage. But for me, and you're right, it's a season, right? It's a season. So you'll have different hundred percent and I'll go through some season, right. Where that will change, right. Where my daughter, if we have a second one coming or whatever, there'll be th seasons. So you just be fluid, right. I think that's part of mm -hmm. my success as a whole in life. Very easy going. I'm pretty fluid with what's coming, right? Like when my wife said, let's move, I said, okay, I didn't even there wasn't an ounce of me to try to slow it down or stop. I was like, all right, great. Right. So that's cool. And Hey brother, just add a, I'm about 10 minutes late to my Woo! meeting I was supposed to have. 
Yeah. Uh, but when you're having good convo, bro, you're having just, good convo. You don't want to break it. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's send you off then. So why don't you just drop your social media stuff? Uh, again, the event that you got coming up, we'll yep. send you off. Yeah, man. Um, I appreciate you having me on. First of all, uh, my social media is the Justin Colby for, uh, Instagram. Facebook is, uh, the Justin Colby as well. Um, and, the the event's going to be a powerhouse power packed real estate, uh, event, uh, teaching you how to go from transactional to building wealth, uh, wealth accelerator event.com. Again, as this, as I'm airing, this is $97 tickets to be in the room. 47 to be virtual. This is a must. Like it is a no brainer. Scottsdale, Arizona, March 11th and 12th. Dean will be there. His partner will be there. I'll be rocking the house for two days with my boys. So make sure you're there. And Dean, I appreciate you having me on this. Super appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah. All right, man. Till next time. Peace. Later, later.